for me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on and they're trying to figure out how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the word today and see what God will say specifically to you. First Corinthians 13, the love chapter. You probably know it. We're talking about it today on Your Next Step. I'm Pastor Doug McCoy. Pastor Doyle Jackson, lead pastor of the church next door is with us. Yeah. Pastor Doyle, 1 Corinthians 13, very short chapter yep. in between two longer chapters, very simple in between two very complex yep. chapters, incredibly beautiful. It is. Everybody reads it at their wedding. Yes. They actually probably should read it more often to each other. I agree. Because it's about maturity. It's about growing up and, and, and loving one another. And Paul talks about that. It, you know, I was a child and now I'm, a, I'm an adult and I got to behave like an adult. You know, our, our world struggles with being an adult. We all want to be cared for and taken care of. And, and brave love, learning to work together, means I'm going to have to take care of somebody else. Yeah. And it's important. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know how many people still do this in their, in their wedding vows. If they say, you know, that basically I'm going to take care of you if you get sick. Yeah. If, if, if things don't go well, I'm still sticking around. I, I don't know. People don't realize that's a covenant we make, and that's what love is about here. And it's it's really important the and words that we use. This encourages me for that because there are times where if I'm interacting with my wife, my daughter, my parents, other people, because you know we're to love everybody, not exactly the way I love my wife, but still, you know, when I'm interacting with other people, you know, is this rude? Is this self-seeking? Are you being easily yeah. angered? So this is not just a beautiful chapter, but this is one that has helped steer my life. We believe it can help steer your life. So we're going to talk about it here in Brave Love Together. You know, we've been having fun for the past several weeks. We've been talking about love. And, you know, it, it makes me think about the love that I have for you in this place. Uh, you know, Jennifer and I, we have kind of a pattern in our, in our relationship that we kind of review our, our love for one another on a regular basis. And we, we constantly remind ourselves of like our wedding day and, and, our, and our firsts in marriage, you know, the first year of marriage, your first apartment, your first house, your first, you know what I'm talking about? Some of you are like, I have no idea what he's talking about, but that's, that's, that, that's us. And so for me as a pastor, okay, I review in my mind some of the first things about being pastor here. And I remember, uh, it's been 22 years ago now, uh, maybe 22 and a half, I don't know, this, this June, the first time I got to meet the congregation here. And, and we were much smaller, all right? Uh, at that time, it was a much smaller church. It was a different looking room that we're in right now, same room. I remember I was standing up here, and after just meeting the church, okay, for the first time, I said, man, I love you guys. I just felt a love for the people here immediately. Uh, Glenn Thompson is my witness. I know he was there. I'm trying to look around the room to see who else was in that meeting at that time. It, you know, this year, when, when, when everything changed so much and there were fewer of us or we were more spread out or we were outside, you know, that never phased me because I've been a part of this place for such a long time. I'm, I'm cool with the ups and downs of life and the changes of life. Does that make sense? 
And you have to have life hit you a couple times, and you get up from the bumps, the bruises, and the scrapes to learn that's just life, okay? Life sometimes does not go the way you expect it's going to. And, and the moment you get over the shock that you've fallen down and you've got a boo-boo on your knee, the better you'll be to just get moving again, all right? But Jennifer and I have a list of things that we love about you. I thought I would share them with you because I think you're precious to God. I know you're precious to us, okay? And we said, you know, you're a faithful church. You, you've ta- you, you are faithful and strong and consistent. You've been consistent all through this season, and, and it's encouraging to me. You're a loving people who care deeply for others, a praying family. Last night, I was standing down here. I was talking with a couple. They came up to me. They said, we, we really enjoyed listening to you on the radio this week, and we've been praying for you. We prayed for you every day, and I hear that all the time from you, and I want you to know how much I appreciate it. Your prayers... And not just for me, but the rest of the staff and what God is doing in this place. You know, that is a healthy part of a healthy church where the church is constantly praying and you are a healthy church. All right. Sorry, I digress. A generous people, you know, you just, you, you recognize the needs and you show up a a current and up to date, you know, you're, you're online everywhere and, and you're just, you're working with one another a hard-working roll up the sleeves. If there's something I love about this place is the work ethic. When, when, we, need, when we have something going on, you just, you're like, well, let's, we can do that. That's not that big of a deal. I love that. That is encouraging to me because you're not, you don't waver in that. A multi-generational people. I mean, you think about the little children all the way up in this place. Last night I was talking to Ruth Ann. She was sitting back here. And, and, you know, uh, Tolly went home to be with the Lord this year, but they've been married for, for 61 years, okay? And, and Ruth Ann and Tolly had been a part of this church, man, back in the village, right? I mean, they, they have been a part of this church for a long time. That's all I'll say, all right? And we have a lot of folks like that. We have a long history. One of the things that, that's important is this. Know your history. Know who you're a part of. You know, get to know what God has, has done in your family, all right? A church focused on others, you know, from, from gathering in small groups to helping people at Jordan's Crossing and whatnot, you, you, you just work together. I, I think one of the things I love about this place is that you work as a team. I'm amazed at the teams that have continued to function. And the last one I had here, a church who sees the future, the numbers of people, we're working on it. Pray for us, Okay. So I I just want you to know I love you, okay? And I want you to think about that. And can I tell you this? That's one of the most important things that we've learned to help people in their marriage relationships is to make a list of what you love about your beloved and keep that list in front of you because Satan will try to convince you that you don't love that person anymore. They will tell you lies. They will, they will get you to do something stupid, like forget to buy something for Valentine's Day just so you'll fight on Valentine's Day. And, and, and then the next thing you know, you're in trouble. I heard a story about a, a, an older couple. Um, they, were, they were, I don't know if it was at Target or Kroger or if it was in the Hallmark store, but they were in the Hallmark store, you know, they were in the, in the, in the aisle where all the Valentine's cards were, and they were going through them, and they were looking at them, and you'd see them laugh, and then they'd look at other, other ones, and they, oh, that's sweet, and then finally they got to a point, and he says to her, he said, you got yours? 
And she said, yeah, he said, I got mine, you know. So he hands his to her, and she hands hers to him. And, and uh, he immediately starts laughing because she chose a funny card for him. And she gets a tear in her eyes. She says, that's so sweet. She leans over and gives him a kiss, and they both put the cards back in the rack, and then they head on down. Yeah. Some of you are thinking right now, that was Jennifer and I, all right? I said it was an older couple. If it was Jennifer and I, I said a younger couple did this. It was Pastor Dan and Rachel, that's all, all right? That's where I heard that story this week. No, um, listen, my mom and dad have been married north of 60 years, and when you get to 65 years, you just... I don't know if you even remember Valentine's Day, okay? My dad says, hey, it's Valentine's. My mom said, it is? Okay, great. So realize this. The seasons change when it comes to Valentine's, but you still need love in your life. We were designed for love. So we're going to unpack that uh, for a little bit today. If you've got a Bible, I want to encourage you to open up. Those in the room, do me a favor. Put your hands together and welcome those watching online. We have not forgotten you. Awesome. Awesome. And if you're watching online, give a shout out to the Tower team because they've made your participation possible. All right. A whole group of people showed up early this morning just so you can be with us. You know, I think about that every weekend. There's, that's what I'm talking about. I love this church. All right. In, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we probably have the most famous passage on love. I mean, even the secular world uses these words on love. But before we dive into it, I just want to give you a little bit of context. And you can do this for yourself. This is not like I'm a rocket scientist, okay? If you just open up your Bible to 1 Corinthians and look at it, it'll begin to give you the picture that this was a church that, that was not in, not in a good spot. Now, Paul writes them at the beginning. He says, you know, I, I thank God for you. You know, I, you know they're, they're like his family, the same way I told you I love you. For a pastor and a church, this is just normal, all right? If you're in a church and your pastor doesn't love you, that's not normal, all right? You know, that's not good for you. It's not good for them. And it's, see, Paul is writing him and says, I love you. Now, that doesn't mean that Paul doesn't correct the churches that he loves sometimes, right? You can love somebody and correct them. But, and, and that's what he's doing here. He talks about the divisions in the church. Now, why is that important? Because we're going to talk about love today. We're going to talk about love today. And sometimes we have to move past the divisions. What a concept. Be kind to our enemies and make them our friends. They're no longer our enemies. Huh, what a concept. Well, that's what God is saying to these people through Paul, all right? He teaches them about Christ's wisdom and power, the wisdom of the Spirit, and he he addresses the the divisions in the church. He talks about who, who should be apostles in the church. He gives them how to deal with the immoral brother or sister. He talks about lawsuits. He talks about sexual immorality. I mean, think about this. This is the Bible? Yeah, it's amazing. Read it. Powerful. He talks about marriage, chapter 7. Chapter 8, he talks about food sacrificed to idols. See, realize this church, they were tempted to go back to looking to their old ways. They were tempted to go back to the time and the ways that they worshiped and lived before Christ Jesus. And he's saying, let's not do that. It's not good for you, okay? 
He talks about the rights of the apostle. He warnings uh, from Israel's history. He talks about feasts and the Lord's Supper and a believer's freedom, propriety in worship. Then he talks about the Lord's Supper and he talks about spiritual gifts, okay? This is the context, okay? Why do I want you to have that? Because you and I can be struggling in a relationship. The church in America, the church globally could be struggling in this season. But the answer is in the Word of God, and and God is the source of that answer. I, I, I believe so firmly, so clearly in my mind that the answer for the world, for our nation, for Central Ohio, is not a political solution. We have more resources for you at DoyleJackson.com. We will be right back with more Your Next Step. Pastor Doyle, we have a great free resource we want to share with our friends. It is a copy of your great message, Great Hope, The Cross. This is going to be a PDF digital download. If they go to DoyleJackson.com, give us their email, it'll be sent to them. What is the value of having that message on uh, PDF as well as hearing it through the radio? Well, I think we've talked about this before. I mean, number one, we learn things best when we get to see them, when we get to hear them, and somehow when we get to be kinetically involved with them, we get our hands involved. And and that's what we want our our friends to do, because you're partnering with us. You're listening, and, and we want to give this to you. And then I'm praying that you'll pray this prayer out loud. That's part of this lesson. Uh, we go through in this lesson the, the eight things that Christ provided on the cross. He provided forgiveness. He provided healing. He provided righteousness. I'm not going to give you all eight right now. Right. you got to go right. and get it, because if you begin to pray that aloud over your life, it'll transform the way you think about Jesus and the way you think about yourself, because it transforms us to confess that aloud. We're beginning to engage with what God is is doing when we start to, yep. to it's just like when you hear somebody quote a scripture and yep. you're like, well, I want to look it up. You're engaging even more. This is a chance to engage even more with the cross. So go to DoyleJackson.com, put in your email, you'll get this PDF. We believe it's going to bless your life. Let's continue with your next step. The answer is Jesus Christ. And a heart that understands that the human heart is rebellious and sinful. And the only way to break that hold of rebellion and self-centeredness and sinfulness is through an acceptance of Jesus Christ and the work of the cross, okay? That's what's central. Now, in the midst of this discussion, Paul tells the church at Corinth this lengthy description of the kind of love that they need to have. And this is within the context of spiritual gifts, okay? So it doesn't mean that we're going to throw out the spiritual gifts, but love has to be combined with it. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy 
and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So stop there for a second. He says that if I, if I, if I function under the gifts... I'm functioning spiritually, but I don't have love. It's a waste of time. Okay? It means it's not the whole message. You hear me on that? It's to say something spiritual, but to do it in an unkind way or an unloving way. If I don't wrap it in love, it's no good. It's not the whole message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If I feed somebody who needs food, but I do not wrap it in the love and the message of Jesus Christ, I've only fed somebody. I have not given them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, you need to know, you and I live in the midst of a Christian world right now, some who want to be hyper towards the spiritual gifts and whatnot, and they don't have love. On the other end of the spectrum, we have a whole Christian world that believes that you and I need to care for our neighbor, love our neighbor, but we do not combine it with the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that He gave His Son, His only Son, to die on a cross for you. That is the gospel message, and that is the centrality of the message of love. See, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm married to my spouse, but I do not communicate love to them, I can provide food for the table. I can even pray for them. But if I do not somehow let my actions speak love into that relationship, see what I'm saying? I mean, we can, we can, we can make a list of, of those of us in this room and online right now who said, well, I, you know, I know my daddy provided for me and my mama provided for me, but they never told me they valued me, that they loved me. You see, part of this tension that you and I feel in the world in which we have right now, that the issue of race that's been so confusing for us is some people have said, you know, I, I know I live in America, but I've never felt loved, valued, and significant. And sometimes that's hard for us to receive because we're like, well, wow. So that's why we have to carry the message of love. Does that make sense? See, you and I have to recognize that there is a need for love in our world. There's a need. And, and there's a need for us to be restrained and to value one another. And this is what this is taught. The Word of God is practical, all right? It's It's practical. Verse 4, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Wow. Love's easy, isn't it? Piece of cake. No. See, you and I have to recognize that we need Christ Jesus in us and the Holy Spirit to enable us to love like this. We can't do that under our own power. 
And this is the problem in our world. Our world just tells us, well, why can't you just love me? I can't love you because until Jesus Christ changes my heart and cures my brokenness, I'm not going to be able to love you properly. I have a broken ability to love. It's like trying to get a car to run without a transmission. It's like trying to bake bread without yeast. It'll never rise. It'll never get you where you need to go. Verse 8, love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Just a second. This is the New King James Version, and you'll notice that the word there are is italics. I want to teach you something about Bible translation, okay? The Bible translators add words at times not to change the meaning, but to make the meaning more clear in English, okay? But the word in the Greek does not have there are prophecies. Love never fails, but where prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are, whether tongues, they will cease. Whether knowledge, it will vanish away. So what it's saying is, is that prophecy sometimes fail. Prophecy is less about future telling. Hear me on this. I've told this to you before, but everybody wants a prophet to tell them the future. That's called divination and witchcraft. Prophecy always invites God's people and the world around it to align themselves with God's purpose. What did Jonah do? Jonah walked through the middle of Nineveh and he said, you need to repent. The way you're behaving is bad. And if you continue on this course, God is going to wipe you out. Okay? Now, Because they repented and God did not wipe them out, was he a false prophet? No. Because he called them to God's standard, and they lived according to it. When you read Jonah, Joel, Amos, you go through. All they do is they say, repent. Repent. Turn your hearts to God. That's what prophecy is about. If I were to prophesy that there's going to be a sale at a certain store on a certain date, that's not prophecy. Now, does sometimes God show us the future prophecy? Yes. Why? To get us to align ourselves with God's purposes. Prophecies will fail. Tongues may not always be necessary. Knowledge may vanish away, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest is love. Now, why is this important? He's, he's pointing them to a future time here, isn't he? For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. He's saying one day we're going to understand everything that's going on in our life. He is not abandoning prophecy. He's not abandoning the gifts, but he says, guys, you're too focused on the gift. You're too focused on 
just caring for the poor, and you're not worshiping the Lord. You're not focusing on your love relationship with God, and you're failing to truly love the community around you, to to love the people around you as you're supposed to. What he's really saying is, is something is missing, and that which is missing is love. Do you know what it feels like to have something missing? You, do you, you know what I'm saying? Have you lost your, at least your car keys? <laughs> know that feeling. What our world needs right now is to feel whole again. You have been listening to Brave Love together here on Your Next Step. Pastor Doyle, I've been working hard not to uh, sing the turtle song in my head during this. You know, the, the happy together song? No, I don't know that. Oh, I'm not going to sing it. Thank you. I <laughs> but, appreciate that. But so happy together is what oh, that's. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know the you song, know that song now. Yeah, yeah. That's like from the 60s, oh, man. Oh, yeah. Well, there used to be an oldies radio station here oh, in Columbus wow, that man. my friends and I love. So. Wow. So the turtles. Yeah, yeah, the turtles. But I was thinking of like Ninja Turtles, to be oh, honest, when you well. said that. And and that's why. We've I, got a lot of turtles in Hey, dude, culture. that's all I could think of was. <laughs> but uh, being together, what a wonderful thing. Well, yeah, I think that so many times we we resist being together. And I think, if I can say this, COVID taught us that it's yeah. okay to not need anyone and not want anybody. Which is incorrect. It is incorrect. I mean... If, if it wasn't for all the truck drivers, it wasn't for all the grocery stores that stayed open, if it wasn't for a lot of people that kept this world going, I know there were some people who didn't have to work. So together is part of love. And that's what we wanted to unpack today is that God really wants us as a part of community and a collective yeah. experience that, that God has always seen in that. And that's why that's important. And one way that our friends can uh, engage in us, uh, in community with us, yeah. is they could send us an email. You know, I, I got an email today from a fella. I, I looked up some church uh, management ideas from him, and he said, hey, this is an automatic email but if you respond, I will get it and I will see it. Yeah. In the same way, if people would send us an email, say, hey, I like the show. I have a question about this, et cetera. We're going to get it. We're going to see it. We're going to respond. I get I get emails every week from people that are doing a year in the Bible with me. And they say, hey, pastor, I love this lesson on Mark 6, you know, where they, they'll say, uh, I had a question about this. You didn't talk about this. And I know there's too much in one chapter. And, and I love it. They just email me at pastor, pastor at tcnd.org. And the TCND stands for the church next door. So just pastor at tcnd.org. And, and it actually comes to me. Yeah. Uh, I, I wish I had. If you want to volunteer to come answer all my emails, that's another opportunity for you, too. But Now, we're going to see it, and uh, we're going to respond, and we're going to enjoy seeing it. So we really hope you'll send us an email, pastor, P-A-S-T-O-R, at tcnd.org. After you send us an email, come back, and we hope to see you next time on Your Next Step. Your Next Step with Doyle Jackson is a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued, but to help keep us on the air, visit doylejackson.com and click give. That's doylejackson.com. You can also send a check to the church next door. Our address is 5755 Fetter Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Again, that's 5755 F-E-D-E-R Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Please put radio in the memo line. Lastly, if you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888-644-4034. That's 
644-4034. I'm Pastor Doug, and Pastor Doyle and I would love to see you next time for your next step.